The Chargers have much less roster flexibility this season as compared to last year, but head coach Brandon Steely says he actually likes where the team is at right now because most of the starters are already in place. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, man? Welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. Brandon Steely did speak at the 2023 NFL Combine this year, and he gave some interesting nuggets away as this team tries to figure out where they're going to draft this season or who they're going to draft. And he seems like he's okay with how much they're over the cap, right? Saying that most of their starters are in place. So we'll talk about how many starters will they have to fill and how many can they really expect to get, you know, as far as impact year one starters from this upcoming draft class, because it hasn't always worked out that way in years past. We'll also talk about why Jamari Sawyer, as he says, has basically already locked up a starting gig. We just don't know where it is yet. And he also gave some good tidbits about his new defensive and offensive coordinators, which we'll talk about, and speed. If the Chargers don't come away from this offseason with more team speed, it's truly a failure in all aspects. We'll talk about what he had to say about that as well. But I was very interested to hear him kind of be very content with where this roster is, is, is right now and what his explanation for that was. And he said, compared to last year, we're in just in such a better spot. But David, when you look at it, you know, cap wise, they have one more draft pick than they did last year, right? Or actually the same amount, but they have their second round pick, you know, back this season. It's hard to see that, I guess, from where we're sitting right here, but he's saying basically it's because most of their starters are in place. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, obviously, you know, from our perspective, we, we, concentrate on all of the holes that the chargers need to fill every single year and so it, it does seem very glaring you're like okay well what are you going to do at, at right tackle do you have a solution there what are you going to do at linebacker because there's one that's potentially going to walk out the door there's a lot of questions from our perspective but when you consider it from you know last year's position where they had a lot more starters they had to fill i mean he's actually probably right as far as, yeah, I mean, and the, what's going to depend on or what it is going to depend on is just who they resign, right? Obviously, yes. if every team resigns everyone, then you have to get all your starters back. But that's right. not the way it's going to be. And I think the biggest Never. question marks right now are linebacker with Drew Tranquil, right mm -hmm. tackle Trey Pipkins. Bryce Callahan was a starter for you last season. I'd say Morgan Fox was a borderline starter, but he got you know more playing time as the season kind of kept going. But he's yeah. their starting interior pass rusher for sure. And then, you know, there's a couple of kind of gray areas with someone like Nazir Adderley. Is that an open spot or was that taken already by Elohi Gilman? I mean, I can tell you what Brandon Staley thinks about it. We'll get into that later. But, yeah, so basically probably four bona fide starting spots, maybe three to four. If you can bring back two of those guys, maybe you're in a much better position, right? If you can find a way to bring back Drew Tranquil and Trey Pipkins, it's hard to say they're going to do that. He wasn't really giving anything away on, it, you know, what they, he thought of the free agents. But he did say that Trey Pipkins probably has a market after playing as well as he did last season. But I think the other thing is this, Dave, Duh. is how many, right, yeah, how many <laughs> starters can he get, you know, out of this draft class? Even if he gets two back and has two opening spots. I mean, yes, he probably has less starting positions to fill. I mean, last year it was 
cornerback, right edge pressure because Nuchen Nuosu left. Justin Jones and Limbaugh Joseph were your starting defensive tackles to start last season, right tight end with Jared Cook leaving guard because you knew, you know, you weren't going to have who you had the year before that with Odea Bushi. So, like, that is uh, fewer spots to fill, but also less flexibility because you can't go and sign a bunch of guys in free agency. You can't go pick the top of the market in free agency and get bona fide starters that you feel really good about with the cap flexibility they have. So that's putting a lot of kind of pressure on who they get in the draft and how many of those players can come in and be impact players for them year one. No question about it. I mean, they just don't have the money this year. I mean, they're going to have to make a myriad of different moves to actually get under the cap. So, I mean, who's to say what they're who they're going to be able to bring back in free agency? So the draft is going to be of paramount importance. It, you know, they need to target several positions. I mean, you think you probably want to get another pass rusher you want to get a speed receiver you want to add to that tight end room there are several places where you can see immediate problems that you want to fix and i mean just looking at the last couple of drafts i think you can only really count on maybe one or two impact players year one being able to affect your roster i mean it's the biggest crapshoot in the world so we'll have to see what happens with the the nfl draft yeah, the last two years, I mean, these are the guys who have been able to come in and start right away for you, right? Last year, obviously, it was Jamari Sawyer who wasn't right away but ended up being a starter for most of the season at left tackle in an incredibly hard position, and Zion yes. Johnson who played the whole season at right guard. So you got two impact starters last year. So you better hope you don't have more than two holes to fill right yeah. or feel good about it because the other parts of it are like last year you thought there was a huge need at right tackle and Trey Pipkins comes in and fills that spot, right? You had yeah. a big need at linebacker. You were able to get by with Drew Tranquil and Kenneth Murray after losing Kazir White. I don't know where those internal guys are going to come from outside of someone like Alohi Gilman. You know, he might be yeah. able to take that starting spot, and maybe that gives you one less thing that becomes a major, major priority. But that's two players each of the last two years that you've been able to really count on year one. And then a lot of those guys, you know, aren't making an impact. And like we saw last year with Isaiah Spiller, JT Woods, and some of the higher drafted players the Chargers took. They will have a second-round pick back this year. The last time they had a second-round pick, it was Asante Samuel Jr. So maybe that gives them a better I chance like to, find, you know, yeah, <laughs> to find another kind of impact player. But it's hard to go into the draft needing you know, to find starters, needing to have guys start for year, year one. I think Brand Staley is saying, hey, we're in a better spot than we had we last year because at this point last year we had no Khalil Mack, right? We had none of these guys like Sebastian Joseph Day and other starters that the Chargers will bring back next year, even someone like Gerald Everett even though he doesn't seem like he's totally sold on the tight end position for the Chargers right now. But one guy that we know will be starting based on Brand Staley's comments is Jamari Sawyer. And I want to Jamari Sawyer, but I also do want to shout out all the you know reporters that came out with these quotes because this was a behind closed doors type of interview. Daniel Popper from The Athletic, great quotes from that. Eric Smith, the Chargers team reporter, and also Jeff Miller from the LA Times where all these quotes are coming from. But this is one quote from Jamari or from Brandon Staley pretty much, you know, kind of locks up where Jamari Sawyer is going to be this year, at least as far as if he's going to be a starter or not. And it's this, I have a very difficult time envisioning him not being a starting lineman for us somewhere. One of the very brightest spots on our team in 2022. He also said he's for sure going to be a starter for us somewhere. I know that he's proven that. So we know he will be a starter, David, which we've kind of assumed all along. But what this does kind of leave the door open for is, okay, was well, he going to be the starter at right tackle and you're planning on letting Trey Pipkins go? Or is it what we kind of think in the more likely situation, which is Matt Filer gets cut and you can't say that right now, obviously. Right. And then he steps in the left guard and hopefully bring Trey Pipkins back. 
Yeah, and to me, I think that's the the situation, the scenario that I I would you know agree with more. Uh, I I liked the way Trey Pipkins played last year. I really feel like the Chargers can you know work out a contract that would be beneficial for both parties. Just considering the the level of play has not been sustained for Trey Pipkins over the course of his contract, so I like that. And and I, I think it was kind of funny also what Brandon Staley said about Jamari Sawyer and that draft process. He said he called up his old coach Kirby Smart. And uh, he's like, hey, man, I need you to tell me the real deal because there's been stuff about the medicals on Jamari Sawyer. <laughs> and he's like, man, trust me, this is the real deal. Like he is a, a bona fide starter. You need to bring him in. And Brandon Staley was like, yeah, I mean, we probably drafted him two or three rounds too late. But that's just I mean, that was one of the steals of the draft. And I mean, I, I kind of concur with that, too. When I was watching Jamari is like he was. I had no understanding of why he was still available in the sixth round. So him kind of talked about that too, though, right? Because he yeah. said, Hey, there were medicals there. And that was something we had never really heard said out loud. Right. No. It was kind of the whispers going around and it made a lot of sense because the tape was obviously not a six round pick. Right. No. This is the other thing too, is will Tom Tulesco bring back his starters and how many can you think he's going to bring back when this is from Arjun Manan, who's done a lot of good work in chargers analytics. Tom Tulesco only brought back like five players onto second contracts that he's drafted. It's Joey Bosa, it's Mike Williams, it's Keenan Allen, Denzel Perryman is another one, right? And that and Derwin James. Like that's it. Like that almost he almost never brings these guys back. So how many of these, you know, five starting spots or four starting spots we're talking about is he going to be able to bring back? How many or is he going to have to try to fill in free agency with almost no budget? These are all the biggest questions. But with Jamari Sawyer, you can feel good knowing hey, he should be able to play and if he can improve on his rookie season, he could be an even better player. And that makes you feel really, really good, especially for a guy you have under control. The next three seasons, that's making, you know, that's not really factoring at all into the salary cap situation and really, really outplaying what his contract is right now. But he also did talk about his new coordinators because we haven't really heard from Brandon Staley since the new guys became really in charge, especially Derek Ansley, which just happened. But Kellen Moore, he has a very specific reason. And you can tell the bond that was been formed between these two dudes going back and forth, having the training camp together. These two dudes definitely have a friendship, and it seems like he really believes that Kellen Moore is the guy that could make that happen and really truly unlock this offense. But at some at one point, he thought Joe Lombardi was that guy as well. But we're going to talk about what he had to say about Kellen Moore and needing speed, especially on offense. But I need to tell you guys that the official sportsbook of the Locked On Chargers and Locked On Podcast Network is FanDuel. FanDuel is the number one sportsbook in America, and right now it's the midway point of the NBA season, and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. That means if you lose, you can still win with FanDuel. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. You know, there's no football, but basketball can be a ton of fun to bet on, especially with the player props like player points, rebounds, assists, things like that. And you can also get crazy with it if you want and go with bets like the 2 by 3 which is exclusive to FanDuel. Two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes of a game. Hard to hit, but definitely something you can win big on if you hit it. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. One of the, my favorite things about FanDuel in a way you can definitely multiply your winning. So don't miss your chance to get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. You go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. David, we haven't really heard too much from Brandon Staley since Kellen Moore became the Chargers' new offensive coordinator, and it was definitely 
good to hear kind of what the thought process was behind that or just what he saw in Kellen Moore to kind of swoop him up so quickly, right? This is a dude that kind of got dropped into this hiring cycle and never really was expected to get let go by the Cowboys, at least from the outside looking in, right? And it seems to me like this is something that's very exciting for Brandon Staley because it seems like he's one of those coaches that he thinks, you know, is another guy like himself probably arrogantly, you know, an up-and-coming younger coach in this league and also a guy who played quarterback and things like that. But there's definitely a level of respect to him, and he definitely seems like he's excited with what Kellen Moore is going to bring to the table. Definitely. I think the play style is is something that what Kellen Moore is going to bring to the table very much was in line with what Brandon Staley was looking for to try to maximize Justin Herbert. He says Staley said getting Herbert on the move is among the top priorities for the offense going forward. I think that's been a hallmark of how they played in Dallas was getting Dak on the move, whether it was under center and shotgun, changing the launch point, changing the timing, rhythm of the play, keeping the defense guessing, which I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Utilizing the athleticism of Justin Herbert. We know whenever they move the pocket and kind of change that launch point, you saw Justin Herbert make incredible, you know, just deep passes across the field. We know that that's in there. So getting that and also getting Justin Herbert on the run more was something that you talked about as well. Those are some elements that we're missing um, that I think could really help unlock a different level of Justin Herbert for this Chargers offense. Yeah, and I mean, when you're hearing things like in the shotgun, changing the launch point, changing the timing and rhythm of play to keep defenses guessing, that's what you've been clamoring for, right? That's what you wanted Joe Lombardi to do more of, and obviously that wasn't a frustration that was only felt by us. Yeah. Something the Chargers <laughs> knew they needed to kind of improve, and you know, like we've talked about before, this is Brand Staley trying to kind of improve on a mistake potentially with Joe Lombardi, who again, was like his fourth choice as far as who he thought his offensive coordinator should be when he took over the Chargers and all the other moves pretty much got blocked. So I'm glad that, you know, he's experimenting with it. But he did say that basically one of the reasons that he's made this connection and why it happened so quickly was just because the Chargers and the Cowboys both did training camp together last year. There was a bond formed there. And he also just said from playing against the Cowboys offense with Kellen Moore running the show over there and how difficult it was for him to defend as a defensive guy. And I think with Kellen Moore, you're hoping for more innovation. You hope he can do all those things. But the other thing, too, is just, What's happening up front? Obviously, maximizing Justin Herbert is, you know, the most important thing. But I do think a, a big part of this is just having some identity for your running game. Hey, you know, Kellen Moore has been criticized by Cowboys fans and people like that when he came getting away from the run and things like that. But like compared to the Chargers, I mean, he runs the ball way, way more. And it was just a better setup system. And you can tell Brian Staley definitely cares about that part of it as well. As he put it, right, getting an identity up front with the offensive line is super important. I mean, last year, the Chargers, the split between pass and run was about 65 to 35. For the Dallas Cowboys. They were like Cowboys, bottom three or five in the league. Like. Right. For the Dallas Cowboys, it was 52% pass, 48% run. So that's almost as balanced as you can possibly get. Now, Tom Telesco and the Chargers have already said, we're never going to really get to that level of balance. But the point is, is when the other team knows that you're going to run the football. You need to be able to run the football and impose your will and have an identity about how you're going to do that. And last year in those situations, the chargers were not able to do enough on the ground to be able to establish that identity. So that was a big, big focal point going into this off season is making sure that the person that is going to be leading your offense is going to have that running game and that balance in mind. 
Yeah, and it's somewhere where the Chargers can most obviously improve this team from 2022 to 2023, right? When you're looking at where can this team get a lot better from a team that made the playoffs but came up short and, you know, what ended up eventually kind of dooming them, that is one of the big things, right? Being up 27 to 0 in a game and not being able to kind of impose your will or even just be able to do anything effectively. And that's one thing, too, is it's just efficiency. Not just being able to run the football more, but just better design. Getting, you know, less negative plays is another huge part of that, too. Staying away from third downs as much as they did. You know, they were on third down all year last year on offense. That's a huge part of it, too. But the other thing, though, that has to come with that, though, is being able to give him the pieces necessary to do it. And one thing the Chargers so obviously lacked last year was speed. And again, with Brandon Staley getting at a podium, until it gets addressed, it's going to be something he keeps getting asked about. And when he was asked about it this time, he said, what we're hoping to get are difference makers. You would love to get that top shelf level three speed if you can get it, but it's tough to find. And I think it's always ongoing. It's still kind of the same thing. I mean, there's no reason, you know, to tip your hand there. He's not just saying, hey, Mike Williams can get deep this time, right? Or Josh Palmer right. can get deep. He yeah. said team speed is something we're always committed to. We're just trying to make sure we don't force the issue and draft something because you feel like you need something. I get that for sure, but let's be clear about this. If the Chargers don't come away with from this offseason with more speed offensively for Justin Herbert, with more speed to open up and help out the guys that you have that can work underneath like Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler and Gerald Everett even to an extent, it's a failure by this team. I mean, enough is enough. They have to find a way to do it. Where it comes from, I don't really care, but just adding speed to that offense has to be one of the top priorities. It has to. It absolutely has to. There is no way you can look at this offense and say that they have what they need right now. You cannot sit here and do nothing. The status quo is not acceptable. Speed is going to be that element that is going to unlock the full capability of what this offense can be. You have a quarterback that can throw it 60 plus yards flat footed. Okay. And you don't have anybody really that can run underneath those type of passes right now currently available and healthy on your roster so you have to do it and if you don't it is a complete and utter failure you cannot go another season without addressing this very obvious flaw and it was very apparent too last year just basically as soon as Jalen Guyton was hurt like it ended it it took away the last speed threat that they had right and I think that's a you know a lesson that needs to be learned going forward is just you can't just have one dude who's doing that, right? Like you, this team just overall needs more guys who can threaten that part of the field and and at least be able to stretch the defense in that way. And the other thing is too is like for Callen Moore, there's only so much he can do. If yeah. you don't add any speed to this offense, you're still going to face some of the same problems that you faced last year and the year before that offensively. Just because teams aren't afraid of it, teams don't have to respect your exactly. speed right now, and and you need. You can have the most brilliant play calling ever if, unless you have some guys who can threaten there for the most part without, you know, with some exceptions. It's just not going to be there. There's a cap on how much better it can right. be. Right. And and I think that's one of the things that they have to address. And one of the places they could choose to address that is tight end. First of all, there's a lot of, you know, very fast tight ends in this upcoming draft, but this is a very tight end heavy draft. There's a lot yeah. of very good tight ends in this upcoming draft. We've got to talk about a few of them so far. It's definitely a deep class there. And it seems like Brandon Steely is very open-minded to potentially adding to that position, even with guys like Gerald Everett and Donald Parham already in the room. And one person that I don't think is going to be on the team next year, based on Brandon Staley's statements, David, is Nazir Adderley. So we'll talk about that as well coming up right after this. 
Speed is the name of the game. But when Brandon Staley says they basically just want more dynamic playmakers or difference makers, as he puts it, right? I mean, tight end is one of those positions where whether you're looking short-term and in the future, it's somewhere that needs to be improved. And Brandon Staley seems like he kind of understands that. And it just seems like, David, the way we're going right now, it's almost a positive, you know, 100% positive that they will end up taking a, a tight end in this upcoming draft. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he basically provided comments on the entire room. He said that he thought that they maximized and got the most out of Gerald Everett. He was disappointed that they didn't really get to see Donald Parham on the field at any given point in time because of the injuries. And he said that Trey McKitty was up and down, which I don't really, I didn't really see any of the ups to, to be quite honest. Um, and he said that this is, this room is a work in progress and that we're going to have to continue to upgrade that group. And, you know, they're going to see, and I think the last part of the comments was, was the most telling. We'll see if we can onboard somebody to help us this off season. I think that was a tale that they know that that room is one of the spots on offense that they need to get higher end production out of. Well, and it goes, you know, along with some of the other things we've talked about right now, because, who is in that room is going to make a big difference in that, right? You know, right. Gerald Everett's a guy that could potentially be a cap casualty this year yep. if they think someone can come replace that. Then it becomes a much bigger need, right? Yeah, if yeah. one of the receivers gets released, you know, Keenan Allen or he gets traded or something like that, then receiver becomes a much bigger need. But even as these positions kind of stand right now, you can still add to it because Gerald Everett is only on a one-year deal. And I like Gerald Everett a lot, but it's not as if he's the most dynamic tight end. And it's funny because they said they maximized Gerald Everett. He had his best season ever. Gerald Everett, I think, is just always going to be that guy where it feels like you can get more from him, right? Like oh, I yeah. said that last year, even, you know. I mean, if he doesn't drop Seattle like three or four of those balls, he probably has 600, 700 yards receiving. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know how many yards you're giving him on four catches, but yeah, I, I agree. They, they, it looks different. That's just the what it felt looks, like, you know? The story looks a little different for sure. I mean, in, in big moments, you know, he had a, chan a chance at a couple of really big plays that ended up going through his fingertips and, and yeah. sometimes in big moments. We saw the same thing with Jared Cook. I think he was yeah. way less frustrating than Jared Cook, but he's yeah. still not even, you know, a fully complete tight end, though, right? More of a receiving option. More of a receiving option. Yeah. Trey McKitty, you can't really get anything out of through the first couple of seasons. And he said, hey, that's our job to to get more out of him but whether it's you know finding someone who's just more dynamic more of a field stretcher more of a receiving threat a better red zone threat or finding someone you know that's a more overall product i think that's something where they can definitely improve short and long term because gerald everett's contract's up after this season donna barham will be up after this season what, what do you have in the future of that room right now Nothing. trey mckitty is not gonna you know help you get any sleep at night as we've seen no. it without a major major turnaround there but at least all three of those guys it, probably have a better shot of being on the roster than his year Adderley does. And it, one thing that we've talked about before was just not thinking he's going to come back. Ah, that's kind of kind of rude. But I'm just, it, it seems like that ship has sailed, you know, for lack of a better term there. Because when he was talking about other guys is when I actually felt the most like, okay, his year Adderley is definitely not going to be back with the Chargers. And he got benched, right? That's the other yeah. thing too. It's like, how much can you expect a team to, to bring someone back who's benched? But, it was really what he had to say about Lowy Gilman and even JT Woods in the praise that he had for them. That seemed like it was the writing on the wall for Nazir Adderley. Absolutely, especially when talking about Alohi Gilman. He said Alohi is a stabilizer. He's a guy that brings a lot of that play style that we believe in out there. He can see. He's calm. He plays with pace. He's a commander. He got real toughness. When Lowe went in there this season, we played 
better defensively. That is a the biggest indictment that you can possibly put out there of Nazir Adderley and his you know continued business relationship with the Chargers. I mean, that's why just hearing that, it seems pretty much like a foregone conclusion that Nas will be wearing a different uniform next year. And Aloy Gilman is really the only thing kind of standing in between the Chargers being kind of desperate at that position, right? Because Absolutely. it's Aloy Gilman and JT Woods, and that's it, right? That is one of those things where you feel like, especially with Derwin James having missed some games in the past, you're kind of one injury away there from being in a really bad spot. But it does feel like there's other positions that can get addressed first because you feel like Alohi Gilman can at least be a you know a an average starter at that position yep. right now and and at least play it better than Nazir Adderley had right. So I think that's something to feel good about and, and you know at least something to feel better about than maybe you feel at other positions. But this is what he had to say about JT Woods. All the things we saw in him when we drafted him are still there. Now it's just developing him in the right way, which I know we will. He also talked about, and Jeff Miller said that he was mentioning just the fact that he can just focus on football now and not have to be track and football. And he got to do that last year, right, after graduating or at least coming into the NFL. But a full offseason, you know, a full NFL offseason, maybe he did get bigger, maybe he'll come back as a better tackler. But obviously, from where we last saw him to where we saw him now, it's going to take a big leap, as we talked about on yesterday's show, right, to to feel good about that. Because Louis Gilman's not really a free safety, right? That's not really no, what he was not. brought into play. So as far as just prototypes you know and, and what you think should kind of fill that position he doesn't necessarily match that but he played it well for them last season when they needed him to alongside yep. Nazir Adderley and a credit lot of where cases. credit is due yep and one of the big reasons for that I'm sure was Derek Ansley the Chargers mm-hmm. new defensive coordinator will probably try to get into some of his quotes because he spoke with the media for the first time since getting that job there's also a great mic'd up out there from the Chargers about him you know interacting with his players and I think it gives you a very good sense of how much his players like him, you know, and kind of the energy that he brings to the table, whereas Ronaldo Hill was more of a stoic man, I would say. But Brandon Staley, I mean, seemed to have kind of the ultimate praise for Derek Ansley when he was asked about his new defensive coordinator. This is what he had to say. One of the most highly sought-after coaches in the NFL and in college over the last couple of years, as good a defensive coach as I've been around, also said he was the best secondary coach that he's been around as well. Dave, we don't always hear about teams, you know, interviewing Derek Ansley or we haven't over the last couple of years, but we don't always hear about him, right? And and I think it really shows here why the Chargers were so, uh, you know, impatient to give this guy a promotion and keep this dude around. I mean, my goodness. I mean, that's really, really high glowing praise. He said, I've known that he's special for a long time, and now the NFL gets to see it. Our players already know, and I'm excited for him to impact the entire unit. Like it doesn't get much better than that. I mean, if my yeah. uh, for my boss to say something like that about me, I mean that's got to make you feel like a million bucks. So, yeah. Chargers obviously value him. Uh, apparently, the NFL v- values him. So he's going to be able to step into this role and be able to really make start making his mark. And obviously, we all know pretty much everyone eventually wants to become a head coach. So, becoming a coordinator that's a big step up. That's a big role that might you know, potentially lead to his path to becoming a head coach. Yeah. And it's hard obviously for him in that regard, just because Staley is going to get the credit. But the other thing that's really hard about it is not being connected to a good defense. Right. And that's (laughs) going to be what he's tasked with, right? He has a monumental task on his, you know, agenda. And that is to try to get this defense to live up to expectations, to get this defense as something that can be a benefit to this team and, and take a little bit off the offense's plate without feeling like you have to go outscore every team you go up against, right? 
We saw a step in the right direction there towards the end of the season against a really, really bad slate of opponents, which makes it very hard to buy into. Yep. But it's also for him, hey, he has to get this unit going in the right direction. He did it with the secondary, right? He got a little Gilman to that part, you know, to that spot. Jaw Taylor, you know, Michael Davis, Sante Samuel Jr., and the rise of him and his takeaway ability. Like he his group has been easily the shining beacon of the Chargers defense, even no when doubt. it's been hard to find it. So can he do that with the whole defense? Can he be a better, you know, voice in the ear of Brandon Staley or maybe someone who is willing to speak up more? And, and give a different perspective. I hope so, right? Because the Chargers definitely need it. 29th and 22nd in points per game allowed in the first two years, or 30th, I think it actually was. And one of the Not worst run enough. defenses in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, hard to say how much is going to help with that, the run defense-wise, because we don't really know who's playing. And, I mean, through two seasons, they've been kind of historically bad in that regard. And, and it's hard to say the Chargers are going to get a ton of players that are just going to be able to totally fix that. But, the defense as a whole has a long way to go, especially stopping those explosive plays and getting that under wraps and mostly just getting this to be a finely tuned, you know, well-orchestrated defense where the guys are in the right spot at the right time. A ton of injuries kind of took away from some of that last year, and that's something Brand Staley talked about as well. But now Derek Ansley is going to be in charge of hopefully getting that through more, getting these guys more connected because they desperately need it. And we'll maybe talk a little bit about what he had to say about his new job and his promotion tomorrow. Hopefully, we'll get something from Tom Telesco. Seemed like a very non-formal kind of press conference today for Brandon Staley. We know Tom Telesco is down at the Combine. Hopefully, get some content there. And anyone who you know wrote in or called into the show today to do Chargers Mailbag, we will keep those questions for Friday's show when we get into Fan Mail Friday. So don't fret. We appreciate everyone who hit us up at LockedOnLAC on Twitter or called into the voicemail, voicemail line at 323-524-7924. We appreciate you guys. You guys will definitely have some priority when we get to the questions on Friday as well. But to make sure you guys don't miss it, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free wherever you get your podcast from. You can also find the show every day on our personal social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogemeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. You can also find us on our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page and at Lockdown Chargers on Instagram. Thank you guys again, as always, for making this your first listen. If you need a second listen and you have draft fever, make sure to check out the Lockdown NFL Draft with Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez getting into the most in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into sleepers and hidden gems that can change your NFL franchise. Someone like Jamari Sawyer. Find the next Jamari Sawyer in the Lockdown NFL Draft wherever you get your podcast from and on YouTube. But we'll be back to you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.